want Bearcats. I, I love the Bearcats. I like Luke Fickle. He brings the table. I like Bearcats. Lock in mid post. Great spin move. Reverse layup. Oh, and it's good for Victor Lockett. What a move. Looks like Bill Walton out there. Going back to throw. Looking. Scrambling. Passes. Intercepted at the goal line. The Bearcats have the football. Sauce Gardner picking off the pass as Cincinnati denies Notre Dame in the red zone. Diving on the floor to grab it is Oguama. Bounces it for Lockett. Fires ahead to Adams Woods. To Julius for three. Good! Cincinnati has scored 17 straight. Double tight ends in for Cincinnati. Ritter will hand it off. Jerome Ford bouncing it to the left. There he goes. To the 30. Pulling away like Secretariat at the Belmont. Touchdown. Bearcats as Jerome Ford takes it to the house to give Cincinnati a three-score lead. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Go Bearcats podcast. I am your host, Brandon. Go ahead, crack a beer, settle in, and enjoy this one. Here in a moment, we are going to be joined by Scott Springer of The Enquirer and Cincinnati.com. He's going to break down the the Bearcats' season-ending loss out in Utah for us. He was out, out there covering the game for The Enquirer. He's going to give us a little bit of insight as to what was going on out there. Of course, before we get any further, it's time for a beer. This one uh, I picked up today at the Delhi Liquor Store, actually, where I pick up a lot of my beer nowadays. This one's from 450 North out in Indiana, Columbus, Indiana, to be exact. 450 North Sticky Nuggets. Usually, if I'm drinking a 450 North beer, it's, it's usually some sort of sour, smoothie, thick sort of thing you'd get at a, at a Jamba Juice with a little bit of alcohol in it. This actually is an IPA. Maybe the first IPA I've, I've ever drank from 450 North. I'm going to go ahead and say that it is. It's 7.2%, double dry hopped, double IPA, uh, Strata, Vic Secret, Citra, Amarillo, and Marshmallow. A lot going on here. Let's, let's take a sip, see how she's drinking. Uh, that's pretty good. That, that is uh, really good, actually. Uh, definitely, I mean... On the can, there's a lot of words there to say this is like a, like a milkshake IPA. Definitely seen a lot of those around Cincinnati in, in the last couple of years. It's smooth. It's not over the top. On the sweeter side, that, that marshmallow, I guess, drinks a little bit more like lactose. If, if it's not in there, it's not on the can at least. But that, that's a solid beer. I'd probably go 3.75 out of 5 on untapped when I check that in later. Uh, easily a beer I, I would drink again. Highly recommend it. I'll be sipping on that throughout the the podcast as, as we talk to Scott, bringing him on here in just a moment as uh, we, we re- sort of recap, give our thoughts on the, the Bearcats losing to Utah Valley 74-68 on, on this past Wednesday. Officially marks the end of the Bearcats season. And I'm sure all of us will be sort of keeping our eye on the, on the portal, see what the roster will look like next season. Uh, I'm probably going to do a sort of season-ending recap sort of episode next week uh, as we break down what went well, what didn't go so well this year, and uh, look forward into what the roster might look like next next year 
for the Bearcats. So look forward to that next week. I'm working on a, a very special guest for that as well. Uh, I've also already got episodes lined up uh, with uh, our guy Ian Cummings, who has been on the podcast a couple of times. He is uh, a great sort of He's definitely a, a great guest to have on before the the NFL draft. He'll sort of give us the uh, the draft profile for some some uh, football Bearcats ahead of the draft. So definitely big things working there for us as as we got uh, a whole a whole host of shows to keep this thing rolling into the off season. Hopefully all summer long is my goal. We'll we'll throw some some beer episodes in there as well with some uh, people in the the beer and brewing industry. Look out for for all of that coming. The plan is to keep this thing rolling and not to let it slow down in the off season. I think I think we're ready to bring on Scott. Let's bring him on here. Let's talk about Mark Madsen's team, the, the Utah Valley Wolverines. Uh, I, I was super uh, just sort of taken aback when I saw Mark Madsen on, on the sideline as their coach. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a big Lakers fan. I, I have been since I was, uh, I, I don't know, since, since I saw Nick Van Exel playing for the Lakers, really. I don't know how old I was then. Uh, and, and I, I continue to follow them all throughout Kobe's career. And uh, Mark Madsen was this was this young dude. Just, uh, I mean, he was a human can of, of Red Bull, I think is what he was nicknamed at one point in time. A lot of energy off the bench. He, he won two... Uh, Two rings with the Lakers in their their first threepeat, and to uh, to see I didn't know he was still in the basketball world of things, and I d- definitely didn't know he was the coach of Utah Valley until I saw him on ESPN Wednesday. So, so that was kind of a that was kind of a unique experience. Uh, I, I the way his team's playing, I don't think he'll be at Utah Valley for long. Maybe look for him to uh, shoot up the the coaching hierarchy uh, as he continues to rack up wins at, at Utah Valley. Let's talk more about it. Let's bring on Scott and uh, and see his thoughts on and on actually being there uh, and the the crazy environment that it was. Here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest here this evening is Scott Springer. Hopefully, you're already following him on Twitter and other social media outlets. That's at S Springer Sports on Twitter. Uh, he is a seasoned vet when it comes to covering sports in the Queen City, whether it's radio or writing. I think he's done a little bit of everything. Uh, he's currently the Cincinnati Bearcats beat writer for the Inquirer and a first-time guest on the podcast. Scott, how's it going this evening? I, I'm just giddy to be on the Go Bearcats because I, I read about this stuff and I, I said, well, I got to be on this podcast because can't go wrong with beer and, and, and Bearcats, right? that's what I thought when I created this thing, uh, you know, the blog, I guess like four years ago and, or maybe five at this point. And then, you know, here the podcast three years or three seasons later. So I thought there'd be enough like-minded people out there to talk about beer and, and the Bearcats. And so far I think I've been right. Well, you're a search genius too, because people have to, if they're punching in go bearcats.com that they can, you know, they might get your, your site. So there you go. That's, I, I've transitioned my website, but you are you are right about that. The the website I think when I, just recently I took it down, and we moved over to CatsKellerSocial dot club because right. we're collaborating with with some other podcasts now. But uh, I think I got plenty of 
of hits of people's typos. If if I if the the domain's actually for sale right now, I think if the university was smart, they'd probably pick that up just to have it in their pocket. So block you, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I certainly uh, appreciate you coming on tonight. I know um, you've been a busy man here this past week, as I've follow I'm following you on on Twitter and trying to keep up on everything that you're putting out here for the Bearcats. I mean, before we jump into uh, your time, I know you're at the uh, the NIT game out in Utah, and that's the main thing I want to talk about tonight. But before I ask, start asking about that, tell me a little bit about your background. I know uh, before we started recording here, you said you spent a decent amount of time uh, doing radio and stuff. So just tell the listeners sort of uh, how you got to be back on the Bearcats beat for the Inquirer. Well, it's, it's a long story. I'll try to shorten it as best as possible. But uh, yeah, I, I'm from here. I, I, my wife and I moved to uh, Tampa, lived there for five years, um, moved back in 1990, which was a great time to move back because uh, the Reds were going to the World Series. Uh, I, I worked for WLW and, uh, um, you know, the Bengals were, were doing pretty well. And up until the, the Joe Burrow era, I was at the last Bengals winning playoff game against the Houston Oilers, uh, you know, Warren Moon and, and that group. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I produced Chris Collins for a sports talk show for a couple of years. And then I did, the, I was the morning sports guy for, I don't know what it was. I mean, I was there about 18, 19 years total. Um, they decided they were paying me too much and now there was a recession. Uh, so a lot of people kind of lost their job. So you had to find something else. So I don't have a whole lot of marketable skills, so I I, I kept with sports. Uh, there was a job opening uh, covering high school sports. Started doing that. Uh, got back into uh, helping out with with the Bearcats here and there. I was doing some stuff on the on the side. I actually, did some work with Bearcat Journal and um, um, worked for the university doing uh, some PA type things. I did a few pre pregame shows and that type thing and. Uh, so all while I've been in, in print slash dot com, I, I've, you know, been into some other things too on the side. So, uh, and here recently, I, I honestly, I, I didn't know that I'd get another chance to, to, uh, work with, with UC, uh, in, in terms of covering the teams. I, I was kind of comfortable with doing what I was doing. The job came open again. I said, well, Hey, uh, you know, this old guy still kind of knows his way around and has been to a lot of games and knows a, a fair amount of people. So they took me up on it. So here I am. Uh, it's it's kind of like when, the the old story about the race, the tortoise and the hare, and I'm certainly the tortoise. But uh, I kept plotting, and uh, and here I am. So hope to keep it for a while. You know, you you, you bring up uh, being around for that that Reds World Series in '90, and then of course that reminds me of the the '92 Final Four run right. for I the Bearcats, and then which reminds me of something I I saw you. Uh, on uh, TNL's Twitter page and, and Instagram, he's he's really big on Instagram. But I, you, Terry Nelson, Dan Horde, and I believe Mo Edgar was the fourth. Yeah. Was out was that out the out the dinner for this before this Utah Valley game? We right? went, went to one of Orem, Utah's uh, finest establishments. It's called PF Chang's. Like no one's <laughs> ever been there. Now, now Dan Horde was trying to find a local place, and uh, for what we were looking for. Um, as you might guess, in Utah, they didn't have. P.F. Chang's did have. So, uh, so uh-huh. that's okay. how we wound up there. Um, my food was good, so I, I have no complaints. 
very nice it was a nice picture and and yeah terry i i covered terry um you know throughout that run there with the final four way back when and then your your big answer to a trivia question the first bearcat bucket in the final four was terry nelson with a steal and a slam dunk very nice i i would not have known that that's that's good stuff now i know we've had uh i've had dan on the show i've had terry nelson now you i need to complete uh, and have Mo Edgar on here sometime uh, in the near future. Oh, you got to go through most people, most big. He's got an that's, agent. That's you know, what I figured. He's very costly and uh, yeah. snickety, and uh, he's, he's big time. He has lots of sponsors, too. He, I don't think he ever pays to eat. But uh, <laughs> Mo, uh, Mo at, at 700 was, was an intern, and it's so funny. I've told this story a zillion times. I mean, he came in, he looked like he was afraid of his shadow. He never spoke. Uh, and then one time I saw him at a basketball game and he was just a relentless heckler as a fan, diehard fan. Um, but you know, he, he worked his butt off and he deserves everything he's getting. He's, he's a great talk show host. He's good at what he does and very valuable, uh, multi-talented. He's just tough to get on these podcasts though. Cause he's I'm possibly, sure. yeah. I've, I've not tried yet. So, uh, yeah. uh, maybe I might have to, maybe I have to get in line. I should start sooner I'll than later, I guess. People. I appreciate that. Now, when Dan was on, uh, I asked him, of, of course, what sort of uh, beers he was into. And, and he surprised me by saying he was into the IPAs, the, the hoppier, the better, which is right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Are you into a, the craft beer scene at all? Do you have a oh, go-to yeah. well, style? That's, uh, that's kind of how we wound up at P.F. Chang, seeing his uh, establishment number one served pizza, but didn't serve the other beverage, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, in Utah, that's the way it kind of goes. Then we went to a Mexican place and then Terry asked and they didn't have anything. And so the question was, well, where do we go? And it was PF Chang's or, or Longhorn Steakhouse or, uh, Carabas. So all chains, but we were all hungry and, uh, and that's how it wound up. But yeah, I, um, yeah, when I have one of those frothy beverages, I do tend to like the, the IPAs. I, uh, I, I find some of them are dangerous. They're like for, truth is accurately named because uh, you, you got to watch how many of those you, you have. Agreed. Or uh, that's what might happen then. <laughs> I think it's like, what well, like 7.2%. So you're right. And yeah. it's, uh, it's, I'm, it, I'm a fan of ones you can go on the beach. Uh, um, like in, in Florida, you know, I don't know if you know, uh, high lie in brewing in, in oh, Tampa, yeah. they have high lie, but they also have one called high low, which is, perfect because if you're sitting on the beach it's it's maybe four percent something like that kind of like a founders and all so yeah um I, i've been to a few of these craft breweries and uh, my, my question was why were we drinking the garbage that they were putting out for years when all this was was available and people were capable of, of making it um, yeah and it's interesting to go to a, a lot of them uh, I, I like finding ones that uh kind of made it on their own. But, you know, as you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the big beer people have kind of gotten into it, you know, the wicked yeah. weeds and all that, not saying they're bad. I've been to wicked yeah. weed. I've been to Sierra Nevada and, uh, in Asheville, which is mm-hmm. kind of like going to the Epcot of beers. It's just, Ooh, I like that uh, structure. It's amazing how much money went into that, but you also enjoy the occasional hole in the wall. So there you go. Very nice, very nice. Well, let's uh, let's uh, let's shift gears here. I, I, hopefully, you're uh, back to being adjusted from the high altitude there in Utah. We, we heard a lot about that uh, on social media and on the broadcast as we watched the game. Uh, so, t- 
I, I know I really wanted to, I'm really glad that you, you're doing this uh, with us here today because I wanted your perspective. I wanted you to be able to tell us who weren't able to travel to the game uh, to tell us about in, in the environment and the atmosphere because you know, on the ESPN broadcast, it looked like it was insane. Uh, so it, maybe just start off telling us a little bit about that environment. I know it was their, the first time I think they'd ever had a televised game and the gym and the atmosphere looked electric. Oh, yeah. They, they were all worked up. I mean, I talked to some of the media people and they all said it was one of the biggest games they've ever had there. And then particularly since they won. And they equated it to, I think, in, in 2021, BYU came there and BYU is a bigger school and mm-hmm. they beat BYU. Um, their capacity is 7,500. So they sold out that one. But outside of that, they're only drawing like 2,200. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think maybe one other game drew five, but most of them uh, 2,000 or, or below. Uh, and they had about, I think it was 52 something in, in there the night, uh, the other night when UC played. Now, to be fair, I think they gave away a fair amount of tickets. I'm not sure everybody paid, so they they, they might have padded the gate there some. But uh, but it, it you know it was full of people dressed in green. That that's their color. Um, you know, the, and the two universities, Utah Valley and, and BYU, pretty close to one another. It's not much further than driving between UC and Xavier. Hmm. Uh, it's just they were very excited. Obviously, uh, they. They didn't really earn the the home venue. It's just they right. get it by default because UC situation with the floor. Now UC could have, you know, had three games and maybe gone to Vegas, but it just didn't work out that way. But I'll tell you, Utah Valley is as good a team as I've seen all year play the Bearcats. They they would certainly fit in with the top uh, echelon of the AAC, and any of their five starters could easily play on any of those teams. You know, you kind of took my next question, you know, right from me there. That that was nice, you know, because I, 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 I know fans are upset. You know, Utah Valley, not a not a high publicity school. There, not a lot of uh, mention, you know, in the in the ESPN or sports world. Not a, a lot is known about them. So, I mean, you you said that you'd put them in the top echelon of the of the American. I mean, that's I, yeah. I think that you're right. I think they definitely, if you put slide that team over into the American Conference, there are third or fourth probably uh who who doesn't want trey woodbury i, I take him right Man. now yeah. i mean i saw him on tv against colorado when we were trying to figure out uh you know where where uc might might wind up and then i saw him in person uh he's six four he, he's got a quick release on his shot uh he, he's got big time hops at six four every time he drove the lane he, he found the bucket he, he's just a tough kid i would take him every day of the week and then the the big guy uh, uh, I'll mess up his name, uh, Aziz, uh, you know, he had 15 points, 12 rebounds. He, he was pretty uh, tough. Uh, Bandango. Is that who you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it was the last Bandango for, for UC after what he did, <laughs> uh, man, they, they were just slobbing back door to him and, and Fuller whenever they wanted. And, uh, you know, like I said, all five starters, you, you would take them on your team, every one of them. Yeah, I, I thought you know I knew we they, uh, we would be in a little bit of trouble. They would have that first wave of emotion. The crowd's really into it. Uh, I was thinking if we can you know, withstand that and keep it close at halftime, while we were down six, mm-hmm. and kind of probably lucky to be only be down six at, at yeah, that time. Yeah, you were time. down twelve at one point, so to cut it to six was, was good. And then you come out of the half and they they tied at forty one, and looks like uh, Vic starts to play a little bit because mm-hmm. he was scoreless at the half and in foul trouble. That didn't help matters. 
Uh, so you kind of thought, well, maybe here's a momentum shift, but they, they never could get over the hump. The best they did was tie it at 41, about three minutes in. And then from there, I think it, it went to four, it went to two, but uh, the Wolverines of Utah Valley had an answer each time. And it usually was named Woodbury. Yeah. I, as soon, like he had this, like this massive, like Tomahawk dunk within like the first two minutes. Oh, and crazy. I was like, yeah, I was like, if that guy is doing that, you know, I would never have pegged him to be able to, to be that athletic just looking at him. This is the first time I had, you know, ever watched him, obviously. And I was like, wow, that dude, uh, I don't know if we're going to have an answer for that guy. And we, we really didn't. No. Uh, you know, he had the Julius spent most of the night on him, I think. And I mean, he has at least three, four, maybe five inches on the Julius. And he, if he wanted to get to the rim or pull up, or a mid-range, he had no trouble all night doing whatever he wanted. No, he, he really stood out. And, you know, really, you look at what happened to them. They lost in the tournament to Southern Utah, and they, they gave away a 23-point lead, I think it was, and then lost on like a four-point play. So it was kind of a weird game, maybe similar to how, like, UC dropped one at East Carolina. Um, I cleaned that up a little bit because I, I would have said uh, something like urinated away or another turn. <laughs> but, uh Yeah. Similar to that game. Uh, and, you know, they're an NCAA tournament team, I think, Utah Valley. Had they gotten in, into the dance, this would be a team that I think would still, I don't know if they'd still be playing, but they definitely would have won a, a game, regardless of their seeding. They would have shocked somebody because I, I think they're that good. And uh, I actually have a son that, that works at UAB, works with the football team. But I told him, I said, you know, tell, tell Andy Kennedy they, they got their hands full. Yeah, I th- I think that that they definitely will. Andy Kennedy being the only or the the only yeah the only previous Bearcats coach still playing in March. I don't know if anyone had that on their their bingo yeah. card, but well, it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> well, I thought I thought Mick would be playing up until uh, the guy hit one from just inside half court there, and uh, last night that that was that was pretty crazy there for Gonzaga because I'm thinking, well, you're down one, certainly going to drive the lane, and then he stops and pops and wow. So, right. That was that, that that and the Kansas State Michigan State game last night were definitely some some classics right away. Oh yeah. No, good night of basketball. Just it it's unfortunate when your team's not in it. I agree. And I mean if if we're looking at you know what went wrong Wednesday night in in Utah, you know, there was a lot of a lot of talk about man, we should have this should have been a home game. People definitely upset about the, the floor being renovated or, or remodeled or, or redone or whatever. Uh, you know, so a lot of talk of the, the elevation and how that could have affected the team, you know, but when it comes down to it, I think we lost that game mainly because we couldn't put the ball in the hole to save our life. I think um, the Julius and Nolly, I think they, I think they together they went mine for like 50 shots. That's what I was, yeah, they combined wow. for like 50 shots. And and if, then if you look kind of the, the microcosm of the whole season, Vic and Odie, I think they combined for 13 shots. Yeah. Well, and uh, Odie only takes two and doesn't even make one till, till late. And two, yeah, two minutes know, left. Yeah. And you, you kind of need him to score a little, you, you can't have Vic go scoreless. You can't have Davenport go scoreless. Uh, Skilling's made some some uh, pro level moves like he does about every game but you know you could have used a few, you know when it got down to your only two weapons are are Landers and, and Dave then that that kind of uh reduces your your chances some and I and and Landers not only I'll tell you what I mean I, I I get to the hotel on Tuesday and he's in a boot and 
I'm thinking, well, this isn't good at all. But, uh, you know, the, he, he shot around, he, he was limited in practice, and then they, they got him ready and he went out warm warm-ups and play. But, you know, there's been two games like that uh, at Houston when UC almost beat them and mm-hmm. I think had the lead uh, uh, I th- with 11 minutes to go. I think UC was up 11, something like that. It was uh, it was seven-point lead at halftime, but a winnable game. Um, Landers was a game day or game time decision in that game and went out and had one of his better games. So when he decides to play, he's as good as anyone. He, he's highly talented and obviously one of the better three-point shooters UC's ever had historically, if you looked at mm-hmm. how many he made this year. So kind of, I guess, like the big question – as we maybe look forward here a, a little bit, you, now everything turns to eyes on the portal, right? So does there's, I think if worst case scenario, the Bearcats could have maybe like six people enter the portal. I think more realistically, it's probably two I, I would bet on and possibly a third. And that third who I would like to stay and most people would, would be Landers. Yeah. Any sort of thoughts or or guesses as to how the portal plays out for the Bearcats? Well, certainly Landers is your your top one. It's like you want to keep him, uh, and you know that that involves some NIL and things like that that are above my pay grade. But uh, he, he's certainly your top target because I think he can enhance his his pro stock. You know, with another good year. You know, kind of like uh, you know, I think it paid off. With David DeJulius, I think it, it helped uh, helped him some, helped help the Bearcats some. Do you um, look for uh, Landers to test the NBA waters this offseason maybe and then make a decision? I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not uh, – from what I had heard earlier, it, you know, at best he's a second rounder. And I, I can tell you when, when pro scouts were coming to the Bearcat games, they, 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 they want to get a look at blocking. And mm-hmm. one of the guys, they come away saying, well, look out for him is Dan Skillings. So with, with his ability, you know, he's young, but he's got, uh, I, it looks to me like he's grown since he's, he's been there. For sure. Got great wingspan. He has tremendous drives to the bucket. His shooting should improve. Um, he just does some things that your average player can't do. So he's, he's one to watch for. Um, Reed, uh, Josh Reed is one I'm, I'm not so sure about because uh, he, he showed a lot of promise early on and then had a tough time getting in the, the games late. I think he can shoot when given the chance. I, I don't know what's on his mind or Wes's mind there. Uh, I, I think Jarrett Hensley's probably the your likely candidate to go, the most yeah. likely. Um, you know, he looked good uh, last season, some toward the stretch, but just couldn't find time. And then, then beyond that, I don't know. But I mean, realistically, you 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 could return for your five starters and. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you if 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 Davenport were to come back, there's there's another guy. So you know, Wes has said he wants them all back. Now, is he saying that for for their benefit, or is that what he really thinks? We don't know. Uh, you, you know, honestly, you you, you got to figure everyone's looking. Everyone knows who's out there. I mean, shoot, half of Temple's roster just went up, and yeah. uh, everyone knows what Damian Dunn did to UC at that fifth third. So. There's certainly somebody, if, if he knocks on your door, you're going to answer. So a uh, lot of guys out there, and, and they're big guy. The, the Reynolds kid, 6'11", yeah. 260, you know. And I, I, think, I think realistically they probably 
one, minimum one big, if not two. And you got to see what's out there. It's it, it's a different world. I mean, we, we've talked about this, uh, you know, senior day, it's just not going to exist the way we knew it for a real long time where the kid came in and spent four or five years and struggled and finally got in the lineup his junior year. And then he pans out to be pretty good that, you know, I'm talking about someone like a Bobby Brandon, get to want to go way back. Right. A lot of you didn't play early on. Ryan Fletcher didn't play early on, but they, they eventually stuck it out, played. Um, and, and those were big deals. Um, you got three years out of David DeJulius. So it was nice watching him, but you know, the other two guys, we're, you know, just one and done guys. And that's, you're going to see more of that. You mentioned uh, Dan Skillings and, and the way that he's came on towards the second half of the season. He, he's shown those flashes. He, he's put together some some very nice highlights for his freshman year. Something that I've, I've kind of been like, just like talking in my own head about is his leap forward next year. It I feel as though, you know, he is more of, he needs to be, and probably is physically more of a slasher, a driver, get to the hoop and, and you know, get to the foul line type of guy instead of a, a, a spot up shooter, which we've, we've, he's been decent at that when he can set his feet and, you know, get a shot off instead of, you know, trying to create a shot off the dribble or anything. But I, I think for this team, we, this season and, and even last, we did not have enough guys that, that threatens getting to the hoop. Right. And I, I, I would like to see, you know, the, the last person that comes to mind that, that could bridge that gap and, and do both would, would be Jaron Cumberland, who, could, you know, was a runaway freight train. Or if he wanted to take a, you know, a 30 footer, he yeah. would do that as well. Well, I mean, Jaron had a, a certain toughness that you can't, it's tough to True. coach. That's, uh, he kind of had an old school guy at the Y game. Yeah. Landers has that a bit because when Landers decides to rebound, he goes and rebounds. He gets mm-hmm. the ball and, and, he, he can be pretty tough. Uh, you know, Jaron was just a, a, his build and, and, and all that. He, he, yeah. I don't know who, who wouldn't want Jaron Cumberland, but, uh, yeah, you got, those guys are tough to find, you know, you can find guys that can shoot. You can find guys that can drive. Um, but you know, how much heart and, and, uh, how, how bad do they want it? And, um, you know, Dave DeJulius is somebody that, uh, I mean, he gave a hundred percent every time he was out there and maybe sure. shot, but he, he's playing his heart out. So for, um, as you sort of transition out of, you know, basketball season, uh, are you, where do you turn your attention now with your, the pieces that you write? Are you going to be more focused on the, uh, the, the spring practices, spring game for football or right. where do you turn now? Football. I mean, I actually went down today to, I, I wasn't sure if they were going to practice or not. It, it was on the schedule, but obviously the weather wasn't so hot. So I think they're back Monday, but yeah, I'll, I'll be back uh, checking out football. Cause uh, normally that's where I would have been this past week with being in Utah. I couldn't get to the pro day uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I kept track of um, Kelsey Conway who covers the Bengals was, was there at the Bengals facility. So kept track of what she did and what other people had going on. And uh I, 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 I've seen a lot of pro days over the years, so it, it, it's come a long way. It's nice to see that, you know, you actually have five, six guys that, that are actually going to get drafted. It used to be, wow, you know, maybe one guy will get picked. And, right. Um, there was one year uh, in the late nineties, I think the one of Rick Mender's team had, had about five guys picked. Um, but, you know, I think last year probably was the highest with, with nine. 
So it's uh, it's kind of fun, you know, when when you watch the NFL draft and you hear so and so out of Cincinnati, and you say, "Well, I, I watched him," you know, and 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 football is it's not gotten like basketball yet, where they're bouncing around as much. There certainly is the portal, but uh, you know, you usually see a football guy stick at a program for a couple of years. Yeah. For sure. So uh, what have you, uh, what can you tell listeners about uh, Satterfield, uh, sort of any interactions with him or notice or anything that you've noticed about the, the spring practices that, that stand out or, or even about any of his staff? I know mean, there's a, a lot of new players, a lot of new coaches. A lot of people are still trying to, to learn the, the landscape of the football team. I haven't heard a bad word about the staff yet. Ever. They're, they're very likable guys. Um, you know, a good bit of them came from Louisville and all that. And, uh, I think maybe he gets a bad rap for what happened at Louisville. He, you know, had, I think they were eight and five last year and played one of the tougher schedules around. Uh, they led the nation in sacks. If, if you look at UC's defensive line, you got to be excited about that because you got about mm-hmm. everybody back and they're going to go get the quarterback. So I think defensively you're looking good now. Now it's like offensively who, who's the quarterback. What are you going to do? Who's on the line? That they brought some transfer linemen in. I think those guys probably are going to start. Uh, you have to see how the receivers do. The ones I've seen, I've only been to one practice uh, because of basketball. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, for what I saw out of some of the receivers, they, they look pretty good. And uh, it and and then I think you're gonna it's gonna you're gonna see more running than than you did in the, in the past offense because it's uh, it, it well I. I say that, but then, you know, you know, Ben Bryant was throwing to the guys yesterday at the pro day. So he's pretty good. You know, I, I think they have a dilemma on their hands because you, you pick up Jones mm-hmm. uh, because he's more like what Louisville had um, in terms of the run pass and all. But uh, but Ben has established himself as a pretty good thrower. So I don't know. And then, you know, with this system, you know, maybe this fits Evan Prater better than than what uh, what they had before. So I wouldn't discount anyone right now. And, and I think if you look at college football, a lot of years you need two. You need two solid guys uh, to get it done because you just never know when one guy's going to go down and you need somebody that's going to be there. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't have any great answers for you offensively. No problem. I, I, th- I think I know, Corey, I, I know what Corey Kiner did in high school. And he's he's in spurts. He's looked good. Um, Brian Montgomery, maybe. Uh, then here, here's what what what'll go down though. You know, you have the spring game April fifteenth. Then May first, another window of the football portal opens up, mm-hmm. and anyone that didn't get the playing time they thought they were going to get in the spring, they're going to go in the portal, and that'll include some UC guys, no doubt. But there's also going to be other guys. So. Nothing is set in stone right now. I think this is kind of like an audition, and you know, we'll see see what works out. Plenty, plenty of uh, things to keep track of and, and look out for as uh, we head into the Big Twelve next year. So, hopefully, everything works out for us, and we, we're competitive in year one. I, I think the schedule looks favorable. Actually, when it came out, I I, th- I said this. You know, it's tough, but if you have any form of a team, I I saw some wins in there. I I. I you know, for sure. I think if you were to get bowl eligible next year, you ought to be happy. If you get the six or seven, you know, you should be content with that and then, then see what happens. It's just, 
kind of, kind of like in basketball. People aren't happy. You're not happy you didn't make the NCAA. Well, it's not easy to get 23 wins. Um, that was an improvement. For and sure. I get it. I get it. There were And there were games that, that were lost that shouldn't have been lost. They could have easily had a 26, 27 wins. But um, it, it reminds me a lot of, of what happened with Mick Cronin when, when, when he took over. And there was such a change and shift in the roster and all that. And same with going from Brandon to Wes. And you're kind of just coming up with players here really quick. It took Mick uh, four seasons to get uh, four seasons to the NIT, five to the NCAA. And that's because you were going into the Big East. You know, he, he was playing mm-hmm. in the Big East. Now Wes is going to go to the Big 12. So you're going to see great competition. It's going to be worth it to get a ticket. But you might have to have some patience on on what you thought was the norm for a, a season record. Now, everyone wants them to do well. But I, I think, like I said, football-wise, if you got bowl eligible at all, I, I, I would think that would be successful in year one. I would agree. I, I can't wait to find out. Scott, I, I certainly appreciate you coming on uh, the podcast here. Definitely uh, we'll reach out again maybe when we get a little closer to uh, to football season and, and get some, some of your thoughts uh, as well. But, you know, for now, I know I know you're on uh, you're on Twitter, S Springer Sports. Uh, where can uh, people find your work that you're doing now for the Inquirer? Well, the, the uh, website is Cincinnati.com. If you still get the old print version, which which I still do, because I was brought up uh, where mom had the, uh, the paper and the radio going. So I got to do two jobs I always kind of wanted to do. I got to be on the radio and then I got to write in, in the paper covering my own team. So uh, that was kind of neat. So you can get it in print, but Cincinnati.com is you can get it's on your phone and, you know, just click on UC and there should be a lot of stuff there. And then, then on tw- Twitter and if you, uh, Instagram, I'm, I'm parting Scott because at one point there was a publication called the Bearcat Sports Digest that, that the university put out and they gave me the back column of it. And uh, it, it was called parting Scott. So I, I kept that as my Instagram name. And so I do things on there. Like I, like I went into BYU stadium and, and shot some video of that and, it's okay. funny, some of the Cougar fans, uh, I guess they hadn't seen the stadium in a while, so I, I had no idea what they were looking for, but they said, wow, it takes a Bearcat to break in our own stadium. But uh, <laughs> I figure, well, what? I'm pretty harmless. I'm just walking in. I want to see the field. I turn around and walk out. That was it. In and out. So, we're and we're used to having field access, well, right? They'll be there in September, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. But... No harm, no foul. I, I would have done the same thing. No, I, I've done that before. I, I went yeah. to um, Michigan State. I had, had the kids in the car, and uh, um, I knew Mark Antonio from being here. And I told my wife, I said, you know, if there's one coach that might see me, it would be him. And sure enough, he had recruits in. He stopped what he was doing, came out and said hi. Uh, he he gave us a – he didn't give us a tour, but he had someone give us a tour. But, uh, again, one of the nicest coaches I was ever – Coaches I was ever around, and you know we saw Michigan State Stadium and and all that type thing. So yeah, I'm I'm notorious for if I haven't been to a stadium, I like to go look at the ones I've missed. Well, that's good stuff. I hopefully I'll, I'll see you around Nipper this fall. I, I've I've been there a lot. Yeah, Same. It's, it's exciting. <laughs> all right, Scott. I, I certainly appreciate you, sir, and uh, I look forward to to chatting with you again here in the near future. All right. Thanks for all the right. invite. Yes, sir. See ya.
All right. I definitely want to thank Scott for coming on, giving us his thoughts on the, the Bearcats game out in, U- in Utah. Definitely uh, knows his Bearcats history well as, as he's lived through it and, and covered it in, in one way or another. Certainly we'll, we'll look to have him back on the, the show uh, in, in the near future. Definitely once we get uh, a little closer to, to football season. Two things I, I want to tell you about before I, I let you go here. Number one, Hopefully you've noticed already, Go Beer Cats has a brand new logo. It has a, a new logo for the, the podcast that you're listening to now. Hopefully you've you've already seen that on uh, whatever outlet you're, you're listening to this on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or what have you. Uh, the, the new logos that I uh, will be debuting here everywhere. It's, it's already everywhere by the time that you're, you're listening to this. I definitely have to, to shout out Captain Cincy. Uh, you, you know him, uh, on, on Twitter and Instagram and, and other places. He's Mr. Steal your logo. Uh, he does the, the UC stealing their opponents logos. Uh, he's been doing it for a while now. They're, they're always great work, whether the logo works or not for the Bearcats. He, he does a, a great job, very professional job stealing, uh, the opponent's logos. I reached out to him, to see if he could make this vision. I have a, a reality and, uh, I was not expecting a, you know, five-hour turnaround or something. I thought this might be might take some time, but he uh, he crushed it, and uh, definitely want to shout out Captain Cincy uh, for for making this new logo for Go Beer Cats. Everything I wanted, couldn't be happier with it. I appreciate it, brother. Last thing we'll talk about. Not a whole lot going on in, in the world of sports for Bearcats, other than, than basketball. The golf team was off this week. They are going to be playing this coming week, uh, I think on Monday and Tuesday or Tuesday and Wednesday, I forget. We will definitely uh, try to keep you up to date with that as well. Golf being the the third Bearcat sport I'm, I'm trying to focus on this year. Other than that, the only thing we got to talk about is the Bearcats baseball team beatdown of Xavier this past week. The Bearcats traveled to Norwood and beat them 19 to 6. Uh, you gotta love that. They, they had two, two guys hit, uh, hit grand slams. Uh, uh, oh, I, I don't know if, or Gertie, I'm not saying, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Um, and, uh, there's a, another guy as well who I can't find on my list. Two grand slams in the same game though. Uh, you know, that the bats were hot for that six, 19 to six. I'll, I will take more of that. I know. They're doing that series a little weird this year. It was just a one-off game right now, but they will. I do believe that they'll play Xavier again later in the season. Uh, maybe looks like May, so they sort of split up that series this year. Uh, they're, they'll be coming to uh, to Clifton next time around. Good win, uh, even though the team, I guess, as a whole, is kind of struggling right now. They're they're nine and twelve, not started uh, conference play yet, uh, and definitely some some big games coming up here against Butler, Louisville. Uh, before we jump into conference play. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. Share the podcast with a friend, a like-minded Bearcats fan, to help us grow. Follow along on, on Twitter. Be sure to follow Cats Keller Social Club on Twitter and join the, the Discord. Discord's, I think, over 150 members now. It's the place to be to talk Bearcats, uh, especially during a, a game as the uh, the conversation starts to flow. I certainly appreciate you listening. I'll leave you with this as always. 
Cheers and go Bearcats.